Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian and nutritionist. Today, we are going to talk about the five food rules that you may be following and kind of some etiology behind it and trying to figure out ways to reframe those food rules that may be unique to you and that you may be subscribing to today or have in the past. Before we start the episode, I have an exciting announcement for all of you. I am so excited to be offering six weeks of Zoom calls on Sunday, starting at 10 a.m. to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, because that's when I'm doing all my meal prepping. I wanted you to join me in that. And this will start on 11.28 and end on January 2nd. It's a way to support you for six weeks during this holiday season, because For women, I feel like are so busy that we never take time for ourselves. And during the holiday season, I feel like is when we spend the least amount of time on our health, wellness, and self-care. So I was trying to figure out a way as a community that we can support each other. And so since I'm already doing my meal prepping on Sunday mornings, I figured it would be fun to do it together. What this is going to be for 30 minutes is whatever you want it to be. It will be six Sundays from Thanksgiving to New Year's. It will be for a half an hour from 10 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's totally free and you can do whatever you want. It's just that you have a half an hour dedicated to yourself that you can do whatever you want. You can log in and turn your microphone off. I don't care. It's a way that you have and feel like you have the space and time to be with people who are just like you and who are wanting to set goals for the the upcoming week. During this time, what I'm going to be doing, which is meal planning or prepping for the week or setting SMART goals, you can journal or do a gratitude list, be doing a gratitude journal. You can be doing whatever you want. It's just a time that you are setting for yourself weekly, that you are taking time for self-care, and that you are deliberately and intentionally doing something for yourself. It's meant to be a 30-minute time frame that you are showing up for yourself every week. So normally, I feel like what happens during the holiday season is that we take these things and these 30 minutes away from ourselves and give it to other people. And so I want you to have this 30 minutes that you can show up for yourself and focus on yourself and give yourself whatever you need to do for that particular 30 minutes. I wanted to do this on a Zoom call because I want you to see other members in the community or at least feel like if you needed to ask questions or feel supported, you have other members, including myself, to do that. If you wanted to take 60 or 30 minutes and meditate, for sure, do whatever it is you want to do. I will be there and I want it to support you and feel like you could join me in this journey. One caveat is, is that it's going to be really messy. I'm going to be showing up probably in my pajamas, drinking a cup of tea, wearing my glasses with unbrushed teeth and a four-year-old that's going to be coming in and out and interrupting me throughout the entire 30 minutes. So just to kind of lay that out there, because I want you to know that all of this is imperfect and messy. There will be weeks that it might be harder for you to show up and there's weeks that you might be excited and it might be easier for you to show up. But I'm hoping that after the six weeks, you are going to have six weeks of paying really good attention to yourself for 30 minutes a week. And so perhaps that will create a new foundation for you for a behavior that you're trying to achieve. Or perhaps those six weeks are just six weeks to get you through the holiday season. It can be whatever you want it to be. 
I don't know what it will be in the future. I'm just trialing this to see what it's like, how supportive it can be, how supportive we can be with each other. And so if we're going to try it, let's try it during the holidays when we all seem to need it the most. It's a Zoom call because I want to feel like you guys have support. So you will need the link for the Zoom call. If you are on my email list, you will be getting emails about it. If you're in my Facebook group, you will be getting emails about that. All of the Zoom links will be in there. If you're not on my email list, you can head on over and grab my freebie and you will then be on the list and I can send you, I can send you the Zoom link and, or you can just email me. I mean, I'm pretty casual. So if you wanted to just email me at info at Trisha RD, RD as in registered dietitian for the Zoom link, certainly do that. Or if you wanted to DM me in Instagram, I can send you the link there. Okay. So I hope to see you guys there. I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be really fun. I'm a little nervous about it too. I kept thinking about it and not taking any action. So each week I was recording the podcast and I wasn't adding it, but then I was like, what am I doing? Like we can all help each other. So I'm going to be a little bit scared and I'm going to be really messy. And some weeks I might look cute and some weeks I might not. And perhaps you'll feel the same way, but join me there. Cause it's, it's, it doesn't matter. It's just that we all help each other out. And I really hope to see you there. I'm excited actually. And I'll love, I'll, I would love to see you there. So please join me over there. All right. So today we're going to talk about some of the food rules that are unique to you that you may subscribe to, or perhaps you have subscribed to in the past and kind of just some thinking, like really diving into a little bit more of the thinking about it and trying to figure out ways that we can reframe the food rules that perhaps we are following. When we talk about food rules, It tends to be things like foods or patterns that either we subscribe to or that we completely eliminate and don't do altogether. Food rules are something that are unique to each individual. And really, they're they're so interesting because they come from so many different parts of our background. So the food rules that you may follow may be things related to your community, how you grew up. It could be related to things that your parents believed growing up. It could be based on any of your family, friends, what they've subscribed to. It could be based on things in your own experience or diets that you've tried in the past or meal patterns that you've subscribed to. It could be based on diet culture, who you follow on social media, whatever diet trend is new. Right now, there's a lot of stuff with keto and paleo. So perhaps growing up, you had something like that or something equivalent to that. It could be based on magazine articles or whatever your specific preference for exercises at this particular time. So again, the food rules that you subscribe to are going to be really unique to you. So the five most common food rules that I either people say to me or that they maybe unconsciously subscribe to is what we're going to talk about today. So the first food rule that perhaps is maybe unconscious to you is this idea that you need to clean your plate. For so many of us, we grew up where we were told by our parents to that we needed to eat everything that they gave us, right? I am 46 years old. So when I was growing up, famine was something that was publicized all over the media and the TV. And so my mom would say things to me like, you need to eat everything on, that's on your plate because think of all the starving kids in Africa. And so I'm sure that maybe you heard something like that growing up. And 
perhaps you continue to do that. I think of my grandparents, the same thing. My grandfather would put things on his plate and we can continue to eat everything on his plate because of the product of the generation that he was part of. And so perhaps if we are parents and you have your own kids, maybe this is something that you've even taught them too. But it's so interesting that if you, I have a child, right? He's four. But if you really look at toddlers and you really see their behavior, they are so smart because they don't, they just go on how they feel. They, for all of us, we've already gotten to this place that we don't listen to our hunger and fullness and society cues. If you look at children and you you watch the way that they eat, you'll see that they are more in tune with themselves than probably most of us are at present. I don't know what happens, but over time, it seems like we become really not in tune with how hungry we are when we're feeling full, or even this idea that we can figure out how satiated we are. But if you really look at little kids, and I have a four and a half year old, so I watch him often, and it's so insane to me that he is like, oh, mommy, I'm hungry. Oh, mommy, I'm full. Because he hasn't quite gotten to that part that he felt like he needed to consume everything, no matter what I've tried to teach him. Otherwise, Because this is another thing is that I'm sure that as a parent, if you're a parent, that might be something that you did with your own kids. You say, eat everything on your plate because you're trying to teach them. And yet they never do it, right? But what's so interesting is, is that our bodies are an amazing tool. And so if we are able to listen to it, then we would be able to really deem and figure out how hungry or not hungry we are. And so this idea of cleaning our plate, that's coming back to this food rule, is really interesting because it really focuses on us listening more to the external cues in the environment. So things like what our plate looks like and our surroundings, rather than really listening to the internal cues that our body is telling us, or that maybe we haven't listened to in a really long time so that we ignore What happens a lot of times is when we feel that we unconsciously need to eat everything that's on our plate is that we're going to be much more likely to overeat because we're not listening to anything that our body is telling us. We are not listening to our hunger cues. We're not listening to our fullness cues, and we're not listening to any of the satieties or feeling of satiety that we may have because we're so focused on the external things in front of us. Another thing with this whole idea that we need to eat everything that's on our plate is that plates have gotten much bigger in restaurants than they typically used to be. I remember growing up and when we would eat McDonald's, that's something that we did. The portion sizes weren't like they are now and they weren't supersized to the degree that they are now. And so I want you to remember that when you go out to eat and you feel like you need to eat and clear everything on your plate, because I feel like that's a time when we do it the most. Those restaurant serving plates are bigger than they used to be, and most likely they're putting more food on them than they used to be. And so here you are, you're eating all of this because unconsciously you feel like you have to, but it's going to lead to overeating and it's going to lead to overeating and not taking into account any of the hunger and fullness cues that your body may be telling you. And so instead of clearing your plate or feeling like you need to eat everything on your plate, really starting to start to listen to what your body is telling you. Because think about that toddler. Think about my son and how he's able to to know that. If you were to take a couple of seconds when you eat and really eat 
and give yourself a couple minutes after you eat to feel like if you're hungry, then you'll start to get that. You'll start to feel more trust with your body and you're going to start to feel like that couple minutes is going to give you enough time to really start to figure out how your body feels and if you're actually full. The second rule that we're going to talk about is this idea that you can't eat any carbs or that you need to avoid carbs. So this tends to be pervasive in diet culture for whatever trend is something that is popular right now. So I know what I'm hearing most about is this idea of paleo or keto. And so this idea of not eating anything, there's some consequences to it, right? And so let's kind of just talk through it. So mostly when you are, when your body is functioning, there's three macronutrients that your body really needs. It's called carbs, it's called your fats, and it's called your protein. Some people will end up doing this whole like macro, they follow how many macros they eat in a day. That They're your macros, carbs, fat, and protein. And so you need carbs because they're one of your key macronutrients. The other thing with carbs is that Carbohydrate-rich foods tend to be full in vitamins, minerals, and fiber, and they will be in things like beans and legumes and things that you're also going to get some protein from. And carbs are really important because they give us basically, they give us and they break down into glucose, which is our body's main form of energy. So think about a car, right? A car needs gasoline to be able to function. And when you run out of gas, you go to the gas station and you fill up and get more. Well, carbohydrates are the same way, right? Because your body to function needs energy. So the energy is usually from something called glucose. The easiest way that your body can get glucose is from foods that have carbohydrates in them. Your body needs glucose for everything to function. It needs it for your brain to function. It needs it for all the cells and every process to happen in your body to function. And so all of these things need glucose. The quickest way to get glucose is something like a carbohydrate. It breaks down the fastest the most efficiently to get the glucose that your body needs. So if you're avoiding it, you're going to probably be eating things that take longer for your body to get the glucose that it needs. Okay. The other thing about carbohydrates that's important is again, it has phytonutrients, but it also has fiber and fiber is something that is necessary for cholesterol, heart health, and blood sugar management especially if you're somebody who has a history of any of those things. So carbohydrates tend to be the foods that have the main source of fiber. Okay. So if you are trying to have bowel regularity or you're trying to reduce your risk of certain diseases, or you're trying to have blood sugar management, then you need fiber. Fiber is going to come from carbohydrates. So if you are somebody who is avoiding all carbohydrates in general, it's going to be really hard for you to get the vitamins, minerals, and fibers that you need. Now, in saying that, there are going to be some carbs that are going to be more preferable than others. So that's going to be things like your fruits and your veggies and your whole grains and your beans and your legumes. So you can have carbohydrates because all of those things are really helpful. Your body needs them to get the glucose that it needs to give your body what it needs. Now, perhaps if you are somebody following one of those plans, I can say to you that there are different types of carbohydrates, right? So there are things that are going to be 
your white starchy veggies that maybe you're avoiding, or there's going to be things like your donuts and your cookies and things like that. But I want to encourage you and to know kind of what your carbs are that you're avoiding and just kind of know that your body does need carbohydrates in order to function. And so you don't have to get the carbohydrates from those foods, but you can get it from the foods that your body, you can get it from the foods that are going to give you the most bang for your buck that are going to be your fruits, veggies, whole grains, beans, and legumes. Okay. So you can have carbs. You're welcome. Food rule number three. Fruit has too much sugar and I should avoid it. Okay. So that's something that I feel like I hear all the time, especially for somebody who is a new diabetic or is worried about their hemoglobin A1C. And so, yes, there are some foods that are going to have naturally occurring carbohydrate in them. So that's going to be things like your fruits and your like some of your sweeteners, like your honey, your molasses, and then a lot of dairy products because that's how they make them. That's how they're made. They have a sugar in them. But what I wanted to remind you is that if there's any, you don't want to avoid any single food or food group because that usually means that there's going to be some kind of imbalance. You need, and these food groups are broken down because each of them provide some kind of necessary thing for your body to function, right? And so why fruit is really important, it's going to offer different things to your body that you're not going to get from fruit. And so if you're eating fruit, it's going to give you, again, it's going to give you vitamins, minerals. It's going to give you some really important phytochemicals. It's going to give you that all important fiber that you need. So if you're somebody who is diabetic, you can still have fruit. But what I would say to you is to not have a humongous fruit bowl and to instead focusing on having a serving size of fruit spread throughout the day so that you can keep your blood sugar stable for a longer period of time. Your body needs fruit, so I want you not to feel like you need to eliminate it altogether. So even if you're somebody who has elevated hemoglobin A1C, you can still have fruit. But what I would say to you is just to have it smaller portions spread throughout the day because, again, you don't want to eliminate that really good stuff that the fruit is going to give your body and what it's going to help your body provide the key vitamins and minerals that you need. Rule number four. Okay. So this one's going to be just this idea of, I can't eat whatever thing that you like because it's not good for me. So this is going to be like, I can't eat dessert or I can't eat whatever it is that you really love that you're depriving yourself. So this rule, I think is something that is very individual. And I, maybe we do it because we're trying to not eat these foods because we're afraid that we're going to overeat. But I want to just kind of challenge this idea. So a lot of times, again, on this podcast, we talk about intuitive eating or coming to a place that we feel like we're more connected to our bodies and more listening to what our body is telling us, right? Because for so many of us, we don't do that. We don't take that silence. We don't take that space to really reconnect with who we are that we've disconnected from over the years for lots of different reasons. So food is a way that I think we also have this continuum of whether we either eat it or we avoid it altogether. So what I'm saying to you is that all foods fit. My previous podcast that I did just two days ago is on all foods fit. So it kind of, if you want more information on this, you can go back and listen, but essentially it's just this idea that if you are avoiding something that you really love, then what's probably going to happen is that you're going to crave that food and you, it may lead you to overeat. 
And so what I would say to you is that in this idea of trying to find some balance when it comes to your health, also trying to do this when it comes to food too. And so feeling like that you can have the things that you desire, but have it and then be done with it. I think what so many of us do, myself included, is that I'll say, oh, I, I sh- I'm not going to eat that banana bread. I don't really know if I should have it. It's the whole should thing. And then I end up eating it because I've deprived myself of it for so long. So I encourage you to eat the thing that you love because you're just going to probably like it. The food is supposed to be enjoyable and it's supposed to be something that brings us pleasure. And so why deprive yourself of that if that's something that you want? What the caveat here is to really listen to if you're hungry or full, right? So all of these rules, the basis of every single one of these is really coming back to this idea of figuring out if you're hungry or full, or if you're, or if you're just eating out of habit and you're doing these rules because of some kind of emotional value that you've placed on yourself and worthiness based on the food that you're eating. So all of this is a way that we can, all of these rules, I guess the thing that we would do different is to listen to how our body feels. It's this idea of coming back to what you feel and to, and to have some kind of balance when it comes to food and your own life. So for today, if this is something that you are doing, trying to think of the food that you are avoiding and perhaps eating it and trying to really listen to your body and connect with if it's something that you really want to have it because you're going to deprive yourself and then it probably ends up overeating it anyway. So if you're able to give it to yourself now and really practice this idea of when you're hungry and when you're full, perhaps this will lead to a better balance when it comes to how you eat. And I think that's probably the goal that all of us have is to be able to find this freedom when it comes to food because it's ruled our life for so, so long. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is this concept that you can't eat until after a particular time at night. So I think a lot of us follow this rule like, okay, I can't eat after seven o'clock. Well, some of the problem with that is, is what if you're somebody who doesn't get home from work until seven o'clock, right? Or doesn't get home until eight o'clock. What are you going to do? Not eat, right? So the idea behind this is just basically that there is no specific time that you need to stop eating. It really just varies according to you. It varies according to your lifestyle and according to your schedule. If you are somebody who is we burn so many calories per day and it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, we are still burning those calories. So it's this way of eating what it's this idea of eating however and whatever time fits your lifestyle, because you could be someone who works at night. And so then your idea of how you eat is going to be different than somebody else. So everybody's timing of when they eat is different. Your day could begin at a certain time and your day could end at a certain time that is different than somebody else's. So in this rule, I would say, listen to what works for your schedule. Also, I want to talk a little bit about this idea of intermittent fasting, because this also goes into this idea that you need to stop eating at a certain time. Now with intermittent fasting, if you don't know anything about it, it's basically this idea that you need to fast. The rule is typically tends to be 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating. 
And so during that time, you are fasting and you're not eating anything. And then during the eight hours, you can really get crazy and just eat whatever the heck you want. Now, one of the things that intermittent fasting does not do is it's not intuitive, right? So if you're trying to be in this place that you're being intuitive and listening to your body, it's very easy if you follow something very strict in intermittent fasting because intermittent fasting can be a variety of time frames. It can be you're fasting for 12 hours, you're eating for 12 hours. And honestly, I have recommended intermittent fasting to some of my clients with the idea that over time, they would be able to lessen the reins and have more flexibility and listen to their bodies more than what they're doing now. So think about like this whole fasting process. Typically when you're sleeping, you're fasting, right? So if you're somebody who sleeps eight hours a night, then you're fasting for eight hours. You want to get into a place that you feel like you are eating when you're hungry and you are not eating when you're full. And so however it is for you, you need to just become more in line with what your body is telling you and to really start to figure out when you're eating and it's at nighttime, are you eating because you're hungry? Are you eating because it's more of a habit? It doesn't need, you don't, if you are hungry in the middle of the night, then you need to eat. There doesn't have to be a restriction on the time that you're doing it. It's just whatever works for you. Again, all of these rules have the same solution, which is to listen to what your body is telling you. You are going to have some times in your life that you're going to eat different things and you're going to eat at different times. And perhaps that works for you at that particular time. And you're going to have other times in your life where maybe you have to avoid certain foods because they don't make you feel that great. But you're not going to know that unless you really listen to what your body is telling you. And, and, and by doing that, you're going to be able to have more flexibility, become more in tune with what your body's telling you. You're going to be doing more out of what your body's telling you versus habit. And you're going to be able to eat the things that, and you're going to have this generalized approach to meeting the needs that your particular body is needing at this particular time, right? So in, when we follow these rules, it's this way that it ruins our relationship with food because we don't take in account or have this feeling that we trust our bodies, right? So this is why we do some of these things. So what I would say to you is allow yourself to eat the foods that you like, allow you to eat the foods at the time that you like them so that you can avoid cravings down the line and so that you can so that you can create more balance, more flexibility and have more things that you can eat. And if that sounds really hard for you, start by just adding the one thing that you've been avoiding. And all of this and all of the food rules that we follow or don't follow and all of this idea of switching and coming to a place where we're more in line with our body and this intuitive eating, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a quick solution. Each one of us has our own journey. We all have different bodies, different tastes. There may be disease states that come up along the way that might change the different things that we can eat and that we can't eat. There may be allergies that come up along the way. It might be based on your budget, 
that might be different at some points in your life than others. It may be based on your community, what your health goals are. And so all of these things and all of these rules are going to change over time. I don't want you to have the rules. I want you to have the approach that you can trust yourself because that's the only thing that's going to last. All the rules will probably come and go and they'll change and there'll be new rules. But if you're able to start trusting yourself and feeling like you you're able to listen to more of what your body is telling you, you're going to be able to sustain that for a much longer period of time. I want to remind you that focus on what things work for you. You may have times when you eat more of a certain food than other foods, and that's okay. You may have a time when you're craving foods that satisfy you more than at other times, but food is not the enemy here. And over time, you're going to realize that there's no good food, there's no bad food, and that you don't have to subscribe to any of these food rules if you start listening to what your body is telling you. So I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast this week. I'm really grateful. If you would like to have and join me for these six Saturday sessions starting in November, please send me an email and info at trishard.com and I will send you the link and remind you that like this is all a process. It's a any journey that you're taking is going to be a transformation. It's going to take some time. It just doesn't happen overnight. So do the best that you can do today. I'm just going to keep providing you guys with information and do the best that you can do. It's progress over perfection. And one thing that you do today, whether it's the tiniest step that you can do is going to be better than doing nothing at all. So I will see you guys back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.